It's time for another episode of The Scoop. Get ready to talk Temple Athletics with John DiCarlo, Kyle Gauss, Matt Vender, and Dalton Balthazer. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 10 of The Scoop. I'm Dalton Balthazer, joined by my weekly Wednesday trick-or-treaters, Matt Vender, Kyle Gauss, John DiCarlo. How's it going? We're a day late. This is creepy at this point. <laughs> Hello. It's November first. What do you He's got? Not happy. CDs. What you got? CDs. Nice. What else you got? He's not happy. I like that watch. Yeah, I, I had like a crying that watch. Kid. I had a crying kid last night. Really? I, I told you about this. He showed up in a suit. He had a little baby oh, yeah, from yeah, yeah. He was supposed to be Boss Baby, which I never saw Vegas the movie without Baldwin. And he's this cute kid. He's just crying. And he's like, could I, could I twig or tweet? And I was like, yeah, take, oh, take, take the candy kit, whatever you want. Uh, a couple, and his yeah. mom came up and she was like, yeah, he just ate it trying to get over to your house. Like he was yeah. running across the fields. Just boom. That's, that's, I, I thoroughly, that's the one. I mean, I take a lot of joy, I guess, at Halloween. But I thoroughly enjoy when kids get too excited and they just eat it. Yeah. Like <laughs> they trip over their own costume or something. Just boom. Yeah. And I just cackle. But your <laughs> house is the hot spot. Yeah. And I just drink from my box of wine on the front porch. Chelsea <laughs> made some sort of glorious drink. Yeah, with... Meg wanted that recipe. Although you guys, uh, she put it on Instagram, I think. I don't think I follow. I, I think I do follow Chelsea on Instagram. Anyway. And then continually getting the, the, the text messages. <laughs> Matt's like, is John drinking Malibu? <laughs> <laughs> Look, is he okay? A, rumor has it that John likes mixed drinks with Malibu. Oh, there's a, uh, around Christmas... Hot chocolate, throw a little Malibu coconut rum in there. Just a, a glorious When drink. my wife first met you, granted oh, yeah. she was still this. in like peak college like drinking this. age, she said, I literally didn't know people mixed that drink. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was just something you drank straight. And John's over here, they like, one part Malibu, six part ass. <laughs> <laughs> At no point have I ever positioned it as a strong drink or super masculine drink. I just enjoy it. That's okay. You do uh, you. Last you night was like the first time, I think, in my post- College life that I've ever like had a steady flow of like trick or treaters. It was it was great. Oh, yeah. Kids were kids were sixty one. I had a counter. That's a lot. You got it. You had a counter. I downloaded a counter app. Sixty one trick or treaters. Really? <laughs> so if you guys could see this, yeah, it actually is number sixty one. I cr- I contemplated number fifty giving the kid something. Actually, Roger Maris. Like, you are a lucky one. There's up. an asterisk next to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a couple of little baseball <laughs> jokes there. Excuse me, kids. Please sign in. <laughs> This is yeah. What's what the there was an all enjoy controversy last night, right? As I yeah, bite into one, we'll deal with that later. Wow. Anyway, let's talk Temple. Yeah. So we had the the great pleasure of being joined by Josh Brown this week on the scoop. A lot of good stuff. Um, what stood out from that conversation from you guys before we play it for our listeners? He played the drums. Plays the drums. He said Alani. No, Ion plays guitar. Yes. Yep. Ion Carvalho plays guitar. Um, no, Josh was good. We asked him a lot of stuff in the span of what. 20 minutes like or so? chomped down this album enjoyed like 20, 25 minutes. He gave us a good scan of the roster, talked about his recruitment, how he's improved. Maybe even asked him a question about the NCAA FBI investigation. I completely agree with his take on that. So, uh, yeah, enjoyable conversation. All right, well, uh, Josh Brown, thanks for being with us today on The Scoop, our Al Scoop podcast. Uh, we're 15 days away from that November 16th opener against Old Dominion and the Charleston Classic. I mean, let's get right to it. Where is this team right now? Um, there's a lot of talent on this team. I know you guys want to get back to the tournament. What's the identity of this team right now? Right, you know, 15 days out from the opener, what do you think this team is? Uh, I think we're a team that really want to defend and get a lot of stops uh, and have our call and call on defense. And also, we want to be a team that shares the ball. We're trying to make the extra pass. Sometimes in practice, we make, we're too unselfish when we should be selfish. So I think that's a good thing to start 15 days away from the season. So mm-hmm. those two things I think that we've been working on really hard. So can you kind of take us through last season? Because obviously, when you first played, you played in a handful of games last year, and you made it clear that you wanted to play. You didn't want a red shirt. Um, so you kind of, can you kind of just take us through last season? How, how difficult was it for you to sit out? Um, and and what, what was the situation when you decided to, to sit out the year in red shirt? Well, uh, it was very difficult to sit out because, you know, when I first got hurt, I mean, I didn't think of anything like sitting out. I just thought, like, all right, I got to get back for the season when I can – you know, whenever I can get back. And uh, when I known that I couldn't uh, play anymore, it was just, it hurt me mentally. And, you know, physically I was hurt, you know, that was obvious. But uh, I just used it as like, you know, a learning experience sitting on the sideline, you know, learning things on the court and off the court, you know, in that aspect. And that, that was it. Uh, I just tried to be that helping hand for the team and try to encourage them and, you know, be a leader as best as I can off the court, you know and still prepare myself on the court, you know, when I came into practice and stuff like that. When in the season did, did you know that you weren't going to be able to play the rest of the year? 
uh, it kind of happened, you know, after like the first game, and it, it kind of like, you know, kept building from there. You know, I played my first game. I didn't play a lot of minutes, but after the game, I just felt so drained, and I, my, my Achilles was still, it was sore. And I came to the next practice, wasn't really able to go. And then, you know, to a couple of days to the next game, and then every game after, it just kept getting worse and worse. So then I knew after the fifth game, that was it. And you've, you've been running the offense and defense for a number of years. You've been a leader on this team. I know it's a little bit cliche, but did you learn anything from watching watching the games on the bench while you were hurt last year? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I learned a lot, like especially from the point guard decision. I mean, position you have to uh, learn when to, you know, set the table and kind of, you know, then you know be aggressive at times. So I kind of learned to pick. I saw, you know, how uh, our team, well, you know, Shiz was playing, and I kind of figured that, you know. Uh, if he picked his spots better, we could have had more wins. So I, I kind of learned from that. And watching other point guards from you know our conference and other teams that we played, I kind of took a little bit from them and you know trying to pick up the flow a little bit. It seems this this freshman class has kind of given the, the the program a little bit of a jolt of energy. Um, obviously, you guys haven't played a game yet, just practicing. But so far, just even just having them here, what what has their presence meant for the program so far? Uh, they brought a lot of energy. You know, all four want to come in and play which is great and it pushes us because, you know, us being here already, we want to, you know, prove that, you know, hey, you got to wait your turn. But they're like, oh, now we're ready to play. So, I mean, it brings a lot of a lot of competitive uh, nature out of all of us. And practice has been very competitive because of it. So, uh, I like all the freshmen. I think they're going to help us, you know, at the, uh, at the right point of the season. And I just look forward to their uh, success. You might have to put your, yourself in kind of the mindset of a coach here, but what, what kind of a scouting report can, can you give on, on these freshmen from what you've seen so far in practice? And I'm sure you've gone up against Nate Pierre-Louis, Nate Pierre the, the freshman combo guard, plenty in practice. So what can you tell us about what you've seen from them so far? Uh, well, Nate, you know, the combo guard, he's really energetic. Uh, he could defend a lot of positions, you know, one through three, basically. And he could fight on the post, you know, if he gets switched on the big. Uh, he's strong for a freshman, and uh, offensively, he's very uh, explosive, getting to the rim, getting in lanes, and he's a pretty good passer after getting in lanes. You know, he's still working on the shot, and it's getting a lot better since I've seen it. And uh, Dre and uh, JP, they kind of like the same player, but they, you know, they got their own style of play. But uh, they're both ready to play on the wing and ready to score on the wing, uh, ready to defend on the wing. And uh, Justin is a, a really good piece that I think he's going to be really good for the program for years to come. Uh, we don't really have a player like him, so it's hard to kind of, you know, mold him and coach him, you know, to our system. But he's doing a good job in fitting in and uh, trying to do his best. But he's he's a lengthy shot blocker. He's uh, He can hit the 15-foot, and he's trying to stretch his range out, which is – Really gonna help his game, so I think he's really gonna be good. What makes what makes Justin a, a different guy from from what what else you have in the program? Uh, like normal fours or forwards, you know, we had Obi, who's a who's a stretch four, really can shoot the ball, can put on the floor, uh, a good a good ton. But uh, Justin is more of a like uh, energetic uh, John Henson type of four, where he you know he can dribble, but you rather him play off the ball, cut, catch lobs. Uh, kind of, you know, post up here and then hit the 15-footer, playing the pick and roll, playing space, but can also play like a on the wing, you know, if possible. So uh, that's why. So you've been a guy that's been a good defender and you've been able to make clutch shots at the end of games. Where do you see your game right now heading into your, your senior year here? Uh, your I'm last a, year, I should say. Uh, I'm a uh, better uh, – I'm more poised under pressure. Uh, if, uh, I, I read the defense a lot better when uh, when I'm in the ball screens, which are, which will help us. And I know how to set the table a lot better. And uh, I see my role as just you know being that steady hand that can keep the offense going and you know initiate the defense and uh, you know pick and choose my spots when to be aggressive and you know play efficient. You and I've talked about this before. I remember covering your recruitment. I think this is a really interesting story to share for our listeners. You committed to Temple as a junior. Uh, and you really, your recruitment really blew up. I think it was, you played really well at like the Pitt Jam Fest, and you defended the Harrison Twins really well, something like that, right? Mm -hmm. And you decommitted, and I remember thinking, oh, he's, he's gone. Because very rarely does a guy decommit and then recommit to the same school, but you did that. You, at the end of the day, you chose Temple of Rhode Island. What was it about Temple, and specifically, what was it about Fran that 
that led you to recommit? Because that is kind of rare. Usually when a guy decommits, he goes off somewhere else, and that's just part of the process. But what was it that kind of you know, led you back here? Um, you know, after talking to all the other coaches and talking to Fran the last time, it was one thing I could, you know, take to the bank, which is what he said, uh, I'm going to earn everything I, I get. So, you know, every other coach would tell me, you know, I'm going to play this amount of minutes, I'm going to do this. But they didn't say anything about, you know, you're going to have to work to get this, you know. And I can respect a man that told me, you know, I'm going to earn everything. So, uh, thus far, I think I earned, you know, what I have so far. And uh, also, you know, it was just, it was just something about Temple that I feel like it's going to be something special that's going to happen here while I'm here. So, I mean, this is my last year, so I'm hoping this is the year. And, uh, yeah, just Temple is a great place. My mom went here. I have family here. I love the city environment. So that's what made me recommit. When you, when you committed to Temple, you obviously talked about your mom who passed away at, at, when you were at a young age. Um, so she went to school here, and, and she passed away when you were young. So as you approach your last season, how do you kind of reflect on, on your decision to come here partially because of your mom and, um, and, and just wanting to honor her? What, what do you think of when, when you look at that? Uh, it's been great. Uh, since I stepped foot out here in the summer of 2013, I've been learning, I've been maturing, and becoming a better man, a young man. And um, I've been, you know, I've been blessed to, you know, get a lot of connections and also play basketball at the highest level. And uh, she's been guiding me, I could tell. And uh, I'm, I'm just looking forward to this last year here and uh, hopefully, you know, we see what we do afterwards. There's a lot of returning talent on the team this year. Obi, Shiz, Ernest, Damian Moore. There's a lot of returning guys. What do you see from those guys specifically? I know you talked about the freshmen already, but what do you see from those guys on the roster this year and how they can help you guys win? Uh, they're they're just ready to be consistent now. Uh, they definitely all of them show you know spurts of being you know top level players, but now uh, I think consistency is their main point, and they're really you know trying to come in every day and practice you know be consistent on their shot, be consistent on defense, earn being consistent on uh, finishing around the rim. So I think that's a good you know point for them, and I, I see the uh, progression each and every day. We got a few mailbag questions from our readers and our listeners here. If you don't mind answering a couple of these, uh, one comes from Twitter from a guy called at Philly Bully Temple Al. Uh, Josh, give us your funniest memory with Coach Dunphy in a time he got really angry, which I'm sure is a lot, but any um, good uh, Coach Dunphy stories. He does, you know, picked up pick up the intensity a lot. But I remember one time where uh, he was yelling all practice, and we just couldn't get anything right. The guys was missing shots. Guys were missing defensive assignments, and then it was just this one bad shot in the corner. I believe it was Dan Dingle, and he shot it kind of over the backboard, which was from the side, which mm -hmm. was weird. And everybody just paused and looked, and he just put his head down and said, "Wow, that's scary." And everybody just <laughs> like, "Yeah," he started laughing. <laughs> so yeah, that's the funniest moment. What's the? I mean, just a follow up on that. You know, everybody says like, oh, "Fran's a nice guy, he's a good guy," and like, and then sometimes Phil Martelli will get ticked off and will say, "We'll always talk about Fran being a nice guy, but we won't talk enough about the coach he is." What's the Fran Dunphy that, that, that we don't see? Because in an era of kind of like used car salesmen, he's kind of like the antithesis of that. But what's what's the Fran that we don't see? You gave us that story. What, what's he like for people who don't know? Him? Uh, playing four years, you know, three years and a half with him, I just noticed that you know he wants to win just as bad as. We want to win, and you can. Uh, he's gonna to go to battle with you, and he comes in with that mindset, you know, every practice. So uh, if he sees that you're not, you know, engaged, you're not focused and ready for practice, and he feels like it's his job to get you engaged. So he's gonna push your buttons, do whatever it takes to uh, get you there. You know, each player is different. He understands that, so you know, he pick on you know other players differently. So uh, with me, I just felt like you know he's just kind of just. You know, just say one thing to me and then I'm ready to go. So uh, he's he's a coach that, you know, if he needs to get on his plays, he will. But uh, he doesn't give a lot of uh, encouraging tips. But uh, uh, sometimes he'll let you know when you're doing well. Mm -hmm. Another question from, from Twitter here at Detroit Al, Pat McGinnis. Will we see a more up-tempo up offense this year? Uh, well, yeah, we've been working on that. Uh, kind of just, you know, throwing the ball ahead, letting our wings like Quentin DeCozy. I mean, sorry, Quentin Rose, <laughs> Quentin Rose, the freshman, yeah. and, uh, uh, the freshman, the Dre Perry and uh, Jerry JP. Perry and JP. Uh, JP, yeah, I'm sorry, <laughs> JP on the wings, you know, we're trying to get the ball ahead early to them, let them, you know, penetrate the lanes and have Obi, you know, trail and hit trail threes and 
trail uh, layups and stuff like that. So we are, we definitely trying to play a little faster. Another Twitter question comes from Steve Holcomb on Twitter. What areas does Josh believe have to improve from last year for this team to be successful for the upcoming season? Um, well, we, we talk about it every day. A lot of our games might come down to, you know, five or six points, you know, in the last three minutes. Uh, so uh, we just try to, you know, control what we can control and kind of we want to just uh, have good uh, clock management and good uh, end-of-game situations. So we work on that every practice so we can, you know, uh, come away with those victories. A question on the Twitter question from Bob Carlson, a fun one. Who wins in a dance-off, Alani or NPL, Napier Louis? <sighs> <laughs> I'm going to have to go with my jersey mate, Napier Louis. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, here's a question. This is a cool one. We had Colin Thompson on last week from the football team, and um, he has a question for you. How has Joel Roth played a role in your comeback this season? He is one of the main reasons for my recovery a few years back, and Colin just told me today, he said that guy basically saved my career. It just wants to know about how much role he played in your comeback from your Achilles injury. Uh, big time. Uh, I remember my first time going down to the football facility and working out with Joe. I thought it was just going to be like you know a nice little stretch, some treatment, some therapy. <laughs> and he put me right to work, and I was not ready for it. And it took me about, about like a week and a half to, you know, be mentally ready to, you know, work hard. And uh, he's definitely helped me a great deal, you know, to even have a chance to get back on the court last year. It was, you know, a great deal from him. So uh, he's definitely a great uh, trainer, you know, uh, PT guy. Another last question here from the mailbag from fans, Mark Jamil on Twitter. How has this year's team improved defensively? Will this year's team have a viable uh, inside a post-scoring option, so kind of a two-parter there. Uh, defensively, uh, it starts with me, you know, setting the tone, you know, guarding the point guard, and uh, our other, you know, the people behind me, they see me setting the tone, you know, I feel like their confidence is built from that, and, you know, we, we focus a lot on defensive rebounding because we got to close out possession, so uh, I think defensively we're going to be a pretty pretty solid team, and, you uh, the last question, post, uh, Obi's been working hard in the post. Ern has been working on finishing in the post. And, uh, you know, we, we, we have a lot of guards that can drive to the lane, so if we're not getting post-ups, you know, we're getting finishes at the rim instead of, you know, taking as many threes as we did in the past. So that last question is a good segue, just to follow up on that. So last year you guys were, I think, allowing teams to shoot 43% from the floor and 71 a game. Um, so obviously you guys you guys know you want to get those numbers down to like the high 30s and field goal percentage. What, what specifically do you think you guys can do defensively? Do, do the freshmen allow you guys to be a little bit more athletic there? Can you can you go more zone? I know a lot of people always say like, okay, you got Coach McKee on your team here. You can just pick his brain about the matchup, but I know it's not always that easy. But what do you think you guys could specifically do defensively this year that maybe you weren't able to do last year? Obviously you're off the floor, but you guys think you have more capability at that end of the floor now? Uh, we've been working defensively uh, all summer, so you know every everybody has been paying attention to detail. We just we just know we got to focus on that side of the floor in order to win games. And now you know once we start getting a couple games on, under our belt, and we see how how defenses won those games. We our confidence will grow, and we'll become a much better defensive team. You know later in the season. Obviously, this is your fifth year in the program. You've done plenty of interviews. You uh, so you, you know you kind of probably get asked a lot of the same questions year in and year out, but what's one thing that you can tell us that, that, that we don't know about you right now? Well, uh, I play the drums a lot. I didn't know that. You That's knew interesting. That? I know, I said I didn't know that. Oh, That's yeah. cool. I like to play I play the guitar with Star Band. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Me and Ayan, he plays the guitar, so sometimes we, we sneak into the music center and play. Okay, so, yeah. interesting. That's pretty cool. cool. So, so we're assuming that you're going to play professional basketball, whether it's overseas in the NBA, but if you weren't playing basketball professionally or you weren't playing it at all, what, what is your career goal? What, do you, what would you like to do? Well, I graduated with a, a criminal justice degree, so I want to be a cop, you know, do that for some time, you know, hopefully retire and get that nice pension. <laughs> so that's another interesting segue. So you, you played at St. Anthony. You saw basketball at a high level. You saw recruiting at a high level. What was your, th you know, everybody always says that, that Fran Dunphy runs a clean program here, but like nationally, you know, like the, the, the game has been a little bit of a mess on that circuit. When all that news came out about the FBI and just, we kind of saw it coming, what would you do, and it's a complex question to answer, but if you were working for the NCAA and you've seen, again, you play for high-level AAU programs, what, how would you try to fix that part of the game? Where do you think that part of the game has, has gone wrong? Um. 
first off, I, I don't think it's the player's fault right. at any cost. They're young. Uh, and I just think that, you know, we just need to kind of chaperone, you know, the people who's, you know, giving out the money. Oh, yeah. So uh, find a way. I don't know. They found the guys who've been doing it. Yeah. So now you just got to find a way to keep it out. I don't know how they're going to do it. But the players, uh, players, I mean, what you going to say to a, you know, 17-year-old who's getting thrown $100,000, sure. you know, just to go to a school for a year, and, you yeah. know, he's probably ready to go to the NBA, you know, probably won't play right away, but, you know, he's ready to get an NBA contract. So it's kind of hard to, you know, stop that, you know, from the player's standpoint. But, yeah, like I said, just, you know, chaperone the other mm -hmm. people who's giving out the money. Just one last question for you to, to wrap this up. We really, really appreciate your time. It's been great. Um, you guys know this – Everybody says this program is they won conference championships. They win the big regular season games. Haven't been to the elite to the, the Sweet 16 since 2001. It's been a long time. I've talked to Obi about this at media day. I'll ask you this: How much? I know you have to take a game at a time, but do you guys think about that and say we got it? We, we want that. That we want to get this program, this team, and and Coach Dumphy to that, make that big run in March, and we can kind of get back to where this program used to be. Do you guys talk about that a lot, or do, do you not think about that as much? I mean, we don't talk about it a lot, but we. It definitely, you know, it's a conversation that we, we talked about some, you know, throughout the course of the summer and preseason. And we know that we want to do something special before, you know. I know I want to do something special before I leave here. So, uh, and nothing's been done here for a while. You know, we won big games in regular season, stuff like that. But we know, like, for me, I know I've been in the tournament once since I've been here, and it's nothing like it. It's just, it's a diff different atmosphere. You want to be there. And, uh, I just want this team to be there, and I think we could do something special if we could just get there. So, right now we're just focusing on, you know, our scrimmage coming up, and then the uh, exhibition game. You know, we're taking it game by game. You know, try to build to that point so we could be a good team when we get there. So there's our conversation with Josh Brown. Talked about a lot of good things. How he plays the drums and the NCA violation, as John said. A lot of good stuff there from Josh, and what we can expect from guys like Quentin Rose, Shiz Alston, and. And the freshman as well, J.P. Mormon, Dre Perry, et cetera. Do you think he really wants to start a band with me? Probably not, right? Well, you inquired, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, he seemed uh, kind of lukewarm to it. Well, <laughs> you know, he I... He perked up, and he was like... <laughs> Ion already plays the guitar, so he doesn't really need another person who plays How the guitar. How good is he, though? Can you sing? Like, you need to Are bring something else to the Are you table. the hype man in this group, John? Kyle once called me the songbird of our generation. I never called you that. <laughs> <laughs> we already heard you Taylor Swift is that one. Yeah. Her new album comes out next Tuesday, or Tuesday after. People are going to be killing killing each other for that. That's going to fall off the back of the internet for me. <laughs> They'll fall off the back of a truck. <laughs> What's the last thing you bought legitimately? You know, you're going to laugh at me. Your buddy's uh, LP, um, kid from downtown, uh, Jim. Oh, Jim Hamp. Yeah, I yeah, bought yeah. that on Hamped. iTunes. Hamp. Yeah, uh, Jim Hamp. Yeah. Four or five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate Since then. Well, now everything's on Spotify. Well, I'll, yeah. I'll deal with an ad every seven songs if I don't have to pay for your. Yeah, I just I just figured that out. Yeah. So Spotify took me long enough. That's what I do. <laughs> so the bottom line is Josh Brown and I may start a band. Transitioning to the Gridiron Temple and Navy play tomorrow night, 8 p.m. on ESPN. You're hearing this on a Thursday more than likely, so they're playing tonight. Navy having a pretty good season from the rushing perspective, as we've seen over the last couple of years. They lead the nation in rushing offense. And Zach Avey has the most rushing touchdowns in the country as well with 13. And their Temple's going to have to play the two best rushing offenses in the country in basically back-to-back back -to -back games outside of their bye, but Army-Navy always known for that triple-option offense, and the Owls losing, if you missed it, 31-28 to against Army in overtime. I guess initial thoughts about this matchup, and does Temple have uh, a chance to right the ship? Uh, no pun intended. Yeah, shit. shit. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think this Navy team is anywhere as good as it was last year's Navy team. Uh, they give up 28.4 points per game, which is the 81st in the nation, despite leading the nation in time of possession. So they're getting the ball 35 minutes a game. Uh, opponents are averaging at 25 minutes a game, and opponents are still moving the ball pretty much at will against them. Opponents are completing 62.3% uh, of their passes against them for 235. They're also averaging almost five yards per carry against Navy. This Navy defense isn't anything to write home about. Uh, Zach, I'm going to butcher his Abby or Avey? Abby? Avey? Zach Avey, who came in uh, last year during the championship game to try to steady Navy's ship <laughs> in a losing loss in the championship game. He's having a good year, obviously. He's, I think he's the first Navy player to have 100 or more yards in the game for six straight games ever. 
which is kind of staggering when you think about you know, the fact yeah. that they run the triple option. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's up to it. He's leading the nation. Uh, not leading the nation. He has 1,142 rushing yards already. I think Temple could hold with this team. The issue is just I, I don't necessarily think this is the type of game that for everything Army did well, it's the same with Navy in the sense that you need to capitalize when you have the possible opportunity to because otherwise they can grind out these seven, eight, nine-minute drives that kind of just take you out of it. The counterpoint to that is even if you have a terrible half, you might only be down 14 nothing at halftime because it takes them so far. They do pass the ball a little bit. I think Temple could ride the ship against it. It sounds like they had a good bye week in the sense they got healthier and uh, they kind of maybe came to came to the reality that it's kind of make or break at this point. You need to win three of your next four, if not all four of your four, to get a decent bowl game or even be in the conversation for a bowl. I don't know how I'm trending with this yet. I told you earlier I was trending a little positive about tomorrow, or today, when you listen to this. What happened? I don't know. I, I, I get that this is a winnable game. I don't think by any means this is a uh, Navy's going to dominate them game. I just don't know if I see them pulling it out, especially just even with Frank Nutile being as the quarterback. I think it's going to be interesting to see how Jeff and the staff react to this, because one of the things that they... Talked about a lot on Tuesday's press conference was that one of the main differences with between Army's triple option and Navy's triple option is that Navy likes to try to get out to the perimeter a little bit more. That's where perhaps you know Temple maybe has a slight advantage there, where they've got some guys that can get to the perimeter. You've got good safeties, your linebackers, inexperienced as they may be, can get to the perimeter. Quick timeout. I don't think we can call these linebackers inexperienced anymore. They've each made eight starts in their season this they should be playing is they're all sophomores they have we're, enough starts that can be juniors. You, this, okay you're the same guy who looked at the roster last week and said this is a young team junior blah 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 like that sure. like well so but then how can you say they're young they're young and they have plenty young. of playing experience doesn't change the fact they're young <laughs> young is a black or white thing you're a dirty right, am i young gray area are they young yes are you young no that's <laughs> all you want to do is linebacker core young but they have experience now they can't be making the, can't be making the same can't be making the same mistakes here. can't be making the same mistakes you made against Notre Dame when you were making your first career start. You have eight starts under your belt now. That's true, Play but I just ball. think you're a hypocrite. Oh sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think uh, the other thing is I think it'll be interesting to see how and by his own admission, Jeff Collins said that it's going to force them to adjust. He said he was asked on Tuesday, "Is there any sort of advantage with playing?" Army and Navy in consecutive weeks, seeing the triple option. He said, well, it's twofold, but I think he meant to say it's a double-edged sword or something like that. He said, on one hand, yes, there's some advantage to be derived from it because you see it, but he said, on the other hand, um, Navy has all, all our stuff on tape against mm-hmm. Army, so now you've got a now you've got a you've basically like given them the answers to the test. Twofold is an appropriate use there. The first definition of twofold is having two parts or aspects. There's two aspects to it. So that's twice you've gone out of your way to make fun of Jeff Collins saying that. I think you said it on the message boards as well. That's an appropriate use of the word twofold. <sighs> All right. Everybody, has, everybody has down weeks. <laughs> John's from Downingtown. He's not, he's yeah. not good with wow. English. John from, down, John, 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 John from Downingtown is technically my dad calling the fanatic, but that's a whole other, <laughs> other story. <laughs> what, a, what a nightmare that was. I, I think it will. He said we're going to have to come up with some new wrinkles. I wonder what, what, what that's going to be. I think this is a better matchup for them. Um, again, if Frank Newtile plays mistake free football, doesn't have to be fantastic. We debated this last week. You know, we said, does he play his way into the conversation? Sure enough, he did. Now, apparently, Logan's getting healthier. Uh, may hold. So, I mean, if you get if you get a, a generally mistake-free game from Frank Nutile and Rock Hall Armstead continues to be healthier. I mean, he said this week that he's essentially has felt as good as he's felt all year. Um, defending their triple option. It sounds like they might be a little bit better equipped to handle this one. I mean, it looked like some of the runs that gave them the most difficulty against Army were these fullback dives. Not to say that Navy doesn't do that, but that was Army's strength. And so Darnell Wilfork, Wilfork right? Yeah. Army, I mean, just, just destroyed them up the middle. If Navy's not doing that as much and they are trying to get to the perimeter again, I'm not trying to take away from what they do well, Temple may be a little bit more equipped. But again, like Jeff Collins said, they may, they've got a bunch of stuff of Temple on film defending it, so who knows what they'll have up their sleeve. But I'm trending a little bit more positively than you are, but then there have been times this year where I've done that, and then they just... Yeah. Don't play well, but um, 
I don't know. I, I think if, if Armstead's as healthy as he says he is and and Frank plays another mistake-free game and just manages the game, I, I like their chances here. I'm not saying that it won't be without their challenges, but as Kyle, as you point already, pointed out already, Navy's not a very good defensive football Navy's team. Navy's defense only has seven turnovers this year. That's 117th in the nation. Yeah. There should be an opportunity for Roquel Armstead. I mean, coming off that game he had against the Army where he ran for 150-plus yards mm-hmm. on only 18 carries, two touchdowns. I mean, he looked like the form where you, you saw last year as a sophomore. So if you could get him going, looks like it's a pretty good matchup, um, With especially the, the offensive line. seems sounds like it's going to be healthier this week. I think they'll have Leon Johnson back, they'll have Matt Hennessy back, uh, so they'll have at least two more starters back. Uh, with a healthy offensive line and with a healthy Armstead, I mean, you would think that that they should be able to get something going on the ground, and if they can, if they can get something going on the ground, keep the time of possession relatively even. Um, obviously, you know Navy holds the ball for as much as any team in college football, but if you can get the ground game going, I think they should be able to with this matchup. I I, I like Temple's chances, um, but I, I do I do worry a little bit, especially Navy. Navy Navy probably passes the ball better than Army does, and Army Army threw the ball kind of at will against Temple, even with their third string quarterback in the game. And not just on that last drive, they got him on a couple of passes. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, it was beyond that. Uh, Bradshaw drive. Bradshaw threw the ball well again, well relatively speaking, but the times he did throw the ball, he they seemed to catch him off guard. So that's that I agree with you there. I mean that would be one area of concern I have too. But on paper, as you said, I mean with. The, the two redshirt seniors at, at corner and with Delvon Randall and Sean Chandler at safety, this should be a good matchup. They should match up well. Um, but then again, I mean, on paper, I would I would have said that they would match up well on the outside against Army. They didn't handle it too well, though. Yeah, I think there's – Frank Newtown looked really good against Army, but I think that was, uh, you know, based on the fact that the run game was really good. So I think if they can get the run game going against Navy, that would be a, a good thing as well. Which way are you trending? And prediction time. I'm st- – Stuck in neutral. I was uh, I was trending positive. I'm not necessarily trending negative. I'm kind of just lukewarm on this game. I'll say Navy wins 28-20. Yeah, Temple winning this game 31-21. Pretty convincing win over yeah. a team that was ranked in the top 25. I agree. It just, it just a feeling. Boston once called it more than a feeling. If they win this game, if they somehow <laughs> win this game, laughed, you just if they win this game, I think that confidence takes them well into next Friday against a bad Cincy team. All of a sudden, you win that game, you're five and five. You have a shot at maybe mm-hmm. stealing one against Tulsa, or God knows how beating UCF or something like that. That'll be interesting. Next week, we'll I s- I've said this guys. twice. I think already in this podcast. If you don't win this game, I'll see you on signing day. It's completely done at that point. Really I think I said that about Army. Football yeah, yeah, yeah so I'm just saying, like, it's, who cares at that point? <laughs> You're going to go three and nine. If they don't win this game, they'll be lucky to see me on signing day. <laughs> <laughs> Which is now you guys, are not, you guys are not leaving me alone on signing day. <laughs> <laughs> it's my cousin Lyle Gauss. <laughs> my place. Uh, so my, my yeah. turn, huh? I, I, I still think Temple will have... A, a chance in this one, um, but I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Navy in a close one. I'll say Navy wins this. I'll say Navy takes it, 31-28. Um, yeah, same score as Army, but uh, yeah, I, I, th- I think I think it's gonna be a close one. I think I'll take Navy 34-24. Uh, just Temple just hasn't shown enough for me that they're gonna be able to get it done. But. Let me lay out two scenarios for you. Number one, Frank Newtile, 16-25. 240 touchdown, no interception. Temple wins. Does Frank Newtown keep the job? Yeah, I, I, and I, I think not only does he keep the job, but I, I'm honestly not convinced that Marchie's going to be healthy enough to play the following week. I think I, I don't know. If, I don't. You might not see him again this year. It sounds like he's doing. I mean, he came out of the locker room with against Army with a boot on. I, I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know if we're guaranteed to see him just based on health. But I think Frank will keep the job. Yeah. Scenario two. Frank Newtile, 24 of 31, 350 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, Temple loses. Give me the numbers again. They're <laughs> arbitrary. Three, <laughs> 342 touchdown. He performs well, but Temple loses. I think that's the tougher of the two scenarios to contemplate. Uh, that's why I posed it. <laughs> I don't know. I just think, I just think that if like he, he performs well in back-to-back games, not just a fluke type thing. You might as well keep him. You might as well keep him going because 
If Marchie isn't healthy, why bring him back if he's not 100%? You might as well keep throwing Frankie Juice out there. Frankie Juice. I agree. I think it'll be. Uh, I think it'll be interesting. From uh, I think you'll learn more about the staff if either one of those scenarios plays out, and then Logan Marsh is on the field the following week. Then I think you know that Dave Patnode has a lot of pull with Jeff Collins because I think that that Dave is Logan's biggest champion right now. Um, I think if he plays relatively mistake-free football and they win, he absolutely should be on the field the following week because that's the most important thing. Right. Um, not that Logan doesn't have a couple of wins under his belt, but um, I think that's a great scenario to pose because I think it'll, I think we'll continue to learn more about this staff as the season progresses and gets down to this final stretch. If Logan comes back out after that, then again, that shows me that, that Dave has, not that he should be powerless, but I think that that shows that, that, that Jeff gives him a lot of authority uh, in the quarterback decision. But what I, what I, what I think we should, we should be hoping to see from Newtile as opposed to what we saw against Army would be that I think the hope is that he can get it downfield a little bit more. I know he made made, made some nice throws, made st- stayed in the pocket and hung in there and made some nice throws, made that touchdown catch to Adonis, which was a really nice ball. But I still would like to see a little bit more from him just in his down-the-field game, throwing it down the field, maybe taking some shots to Isaiah Wright or Adonis. Um, or some of the other the, the other uh, speedy guys that they have on the outside. So I think that's the next part of his game that you need to see from him in order to keep him as the starter moving forward. They, they did a lot of check downs, a lot of short throws. Mm-hmm. Uh, they kept it pretty easy and simple for him, and I think that's fine, but I think they, they also have to open up the playbook a little bit more for him. That's what I'd like to see from him until I say he's definitely the starter going forward. And that's part of the challenge, I think, because he doesn't – I. Again, you can open up the whole can of worms here and say that this quarterback over time didn't have the strongest arm. That guy didn't have the strongest arm, but he was accurate. That That's going to have to be Frank's thing because he's not going to get it downfield, I think, with the same zip that Logan does. But if he can take care of the ball, um, as you said, these receivers are going to have to continue to run good routes to get open so he can put it right there. I don't know that Frank is always going to be the type of player that's just going to be able to put the ball in a super tight window. But if he gets it there, he gets it there. Uh, but I think that's... That's the spot that they're in right now. And, again, not to take shots at either one of these guys, but I think they're they're both just bridges to the future, whatever it is, whether that's Centeo or I guess they're very high on Trad Betty with, with good reason. He continues to put up great numbers, as does Kyle Wright, but um, yeah, he's I, not a quarterback. I think it's more palpable if you're an average Temple fan to say, okay, Frank Nutel is the bridge to the future because that means, like, 15 starts. Right. That means, like, he finishes out this year, he's a senior next year, and that – when you say Logan Marchie's the bridge to the future, he's only a sophomore. Right. I don't think anybody's saying, like, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with Logan Marchie being my quarterback for the next two and a half years. Mm-hmm. But, unfortunately, if somebody ends up starting 15 games, it's a little hard to take them out of that job. Right. Time for our sometimes serious and sometimes silly mailbag. We appreciate the questions on the message boards and on Twitter. First question, first question actually comes from email from Mike from the Great Northeast. Okay, Al Scoopers. I was eating a Steve's cheesesteak the other day. The friggin' best. Trust me on this. <laughs> Then I started flipping through some stats that made me lose my appetite. Our running backs are 117th out of 130 in yards per carry. I'm going to be blunt. That's not what I would call good. Can you please give me hope that we can have a better ground game than this moving forward? Well, from hold on, from your boy Mike from the Great North. Your boy. Well, the good news is for Mike from the Northeast is Raquel Armstead is as healthy as he's been all year, and he's coming off his best game of the season. So, yeah, I think. A, a, an improved run game is, is to be expected against Davey. I mean, I think you should expect them to continue what they did against Army, and if they do what they did against Army, then, you know, I, I don't know how much more you could, you could expect. Yeah, Armstead 18 for 151 and two touchdowns, and that's behind a, a ragtag offensive line. Yeah. You get some of the offensive line back. I know, if they don't give – Navy's not a good run-stopping uh, team. It's the same thing you said about Army. If you leave this game and they lost, they didn't give Armstead the ball 20, 22 times, then that's uh, – questionable game plan. Yeah, and you can be encouraged by the fact, granted, it was a small sample size, it was one game. James McHale played tackle and guard for you and played pretty well. I mean, uh, we chuckle when they talk about, like, there was more love for Gordon Thomas this week. Jeff Collins said, he sits right next to me. I got no issue playing favorites. He sits right next to me and he's my favorite kid in the program before he was playing. But he played well. He played well at center. He keeps, weren't you the one who said this? Jeff keeps saying he's 5'9", 300 pounds, and you said that's not accurate. He's taller than 5'9". Yeah, when he came out for the interview, I was like, this kid's not 5'9". Yeah. Like, he's probably 5'11", but, like, he's not 
He's not this little. Uh, take that up with Jeff this week. It's not Chris no, Clark out there stare. playing center. <laughs> that would be a great scene. Chris Clark playing center. Clark will go five, 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 six. Oh, five, six, five, seven. Anyway, um, yeah, I think you should be encouraged by what the offensive line did last week, and with the you know Jalen Robinson had never really started a guard, and you know I mean Armstead looks like he's back and is is. You know, pre-injury form, which he's making people miss. He's running tough. He has that second gear after he gets past the linebackers. So, um, yeah, there are numbers that shouldn't make you feel good, but they, they have to start trending in the right direction. Next question comes from Christian Evans on Twitter. Which Temple Hoops freshman will have the biggest impact this season and log the most minutes? Matt? Um, you know, I, I've changed my opinion on this a little bit just after watching practice and everything like that. I, originally, I thought it was going to be Dre Perry. Now I think it's going to be J.P. Mormon, um, although I think both of them will contribute um, pretty heavily. Um, but I think I think J.P., his three-point shooting is, is just above J., uh, Dre's right now. The line? <laughs> Not above the line, but, well, above the line too. But, I mean, I think I'd expect him to shoot 40% plus from three this year. I don't know if any of the other freshmen will be able to shoot, are able to shoot the way he can. Um, so I think that'll help him. Defensively, I think he's still getting better um, because I think he, you know, he's still working to get just in better shape. Um, but, yeah, I, I like him as probably the, the highest impact freshman this year. Completely echoing that. I think both have a role. I think both end up in those teen minutes per game by the end of this. Uh, but I would think that Mormon has a more contribution. Do three echoes make an echo chamber? <laughs> yeah, and we got one. Yeah, I think it's going to be him. <laughs> I think uh, – I think um, – I think you'll see a lot from Dre Perry, too. I think he'll be able to really contribute on the defensive end, too. But, um, yeah, every, everybody that you talk to says that he, JP's a more athletic scooty. You take that. But he looks like he's got really good shooting for him. He's been he's – been, uh, I feel like you've posted, like, the last two or three videos, him just, you know, working on a shot. Granted, he's not being guarded there, but he looks like he can get it off. Looks like he's got a good shooting stroke. Uh, he's in immeasurably better shape than he was in his early days mm-hmm. in high school. But um, Usually it goes the other way. <laughs> I admit it's definitely worse shape than I was in my early days. <laughs> Good for you, JP. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think all four of them can contribute this year, but I would, I would put him at the top of the list. Next question comes from Tyler Donches. Would you fire Jeff Collins for Mark Mangino? Absolutely not. That's a dumb question. My apologies, but like that's just – I get it. You, you, you're not happy with the offensive coordinator. Fine. You're not happy with being, you know. Did somebody really ask that question? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely not. I, I just, I get it. People were impatient. They, they got to chill. The, the, give the guy a couple years. I, I think that's absolutely not. First of all, Mark Mangino was I, trash at Kansas. He was I not am. a good coach. They yeah. went to Maryland. Look, there was there was allegations against Mark Mangino for being like a prick. Like verbally assaulting people. No, stupidest question. I hope there's some, not a slight towards <laughs> you. Whoever asked that, I just I don't I don't get that. Question. I hope there's some I, sarcasm with that. I think he's doing it just to get us going. It sure. worked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Next question. You're gonna do a fat guy and do the fridge. <laughs> That's really upset. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys. I'm pissed off. <laughs> hey, last question comes from the winner of the design con. Contest that is the real Getsky above the line chart candy and music. That's a wide ranging scope of things. Kyle, you're gonna pass both you right now. <laughs> candy <laughs> and music are both above the line. Uh, broad based place to start. Let's just say let's let's just kind of we're gonna finesse it a little bit. Give me your favorite Halloween candy, your worst, your least favorite Halloween candy. Matt, you suck. Um, my favorite, I'd say take five. I just, yeah, I was snacking on one before. Man, I was excited uh, when there was a take five. Take five. Yeah, <laughs> there was one take five, and I, I took it. But, uh, <laughs> I like that. That's probably my favorite. Um, least favorite. I'm really not a fan of like any non-chocolate candy, really, for the most mm-hmm. part. I don't like. I really don't like nerds. Nerds, nerds gross me out. I know John was uh, eating those <laughs> yesterday, but they, they just not gross me out. Pure sugar. I'll say uh, I'm pretty classic with my top, probably like a Reese's oriented. Or this peanut butter Snickers is something I've been really into lately. Uh, <laughs> uh, least like favorite, I'll say like now and laters or Smarties. Don't like them. Ooh. Smarties are bad. I like Smarties. Nah, chalk. Just he has a green chalk. Right. <laughs> you know what's surprised? Underrated because I think it's people just associate with the movie. It's not everlasting, but Gobstoppers are very good. I enjoy those. Yeah. They last a little while. You'll get five, six, seven minutes out of them. 
Paul, what about you? Um, my favorite is like I'm a big Sour Patch Kids Swedish Fish advocate. Um, bad anything with peanut butter, nuts. <laughs> Um, I hate Twizzlers too. Really? Yeah, I, oh, I like despise Twizzlers. Them. I think we should like. I despise, and also I feel like if you eat candy corn, it's, eh, it's uh, just terrible. I'm not. I would never go out and buy candy corn, but I'm not so like anti it to everybody else. Everyone's like, oh, it's just awful. It's just forced down our feet. And where's all this extra candy corn going? I will eat candy corn. Yeah, I'll eat candy yeah, corn. No thanks. Yeah. No thanks for me. Should but. we like have a like a like a, a telethon or a fundraising drive to like so, like just solve Dalton's like <laughs> not allergies? <laughs> All my salt. allergies. All my allergies. <laughs> yeah. What else are you allergic to? Uh, dogs, dogs, cats, people, well, grass, see, trees, animals. Bowling, you can get used to. They, they, they <laughs> can't they give you shots now to get used to? I think my sister was contemplating doing it because my niece and nephew wanted a dog, and I think she started doing it and said like, "Why would I do this? Not a dog." I'm just a walking science experiment. Yes, a petri dish. <laughs> uh, but my favorite Halloween candy, and I've not had it yet this year, Clark Bar. I don't even think I've ever had a Clark yeah, Bar. It's good. Based out of Pittsburgh, they used to have the. It's uh, they actually have like a some sort of building right by the, the stadiums there. Uh, it's kind of like a better. Um, didn't Andrew Albert have a take on Butterfingers recently, and you liked it? Butterfingers are trash. Yeah, it's kind of like a. I think it's a I, better. No, I like a lot of things on Twitter. John. Yeah, <laughs> it's easy. I'm sorry. Um, I like Clark Bars. Nestle. Uh, Chelsea and I were talking about this last night. Nestle Crunch. Even though we offered it to the Greater Havertown community, you don't like it. I don't really like. It doesn't do much for me. I was like, we need uh, we need some color composition here, some blues to mix in. I know you're gonna laugh at me. Um, that, I didn't really say that. Um, not, Nestle Crunch doesn't do a lot for me, but I'd say I, Clark Bar is my is my favorite Halloween candy. But I like a lot of the other stuff. I, I I like Sour Patch Kids too, but then if you eat too many of them, like your mouth is just a complete mess. Yeah, I like the uh, the watermelon sour ones. Have you seen yeah. them? Yeah, those yeah. those are good. Yeah, yeah. and the, uh, music above yeah the line? above the line music. I mean, that's too broad base. I'd rather talk about what's below the line. Yeah, I love the Beatles, love you too. Below the line, I love, like a lot of stuff. You already uh, mentioned the below the line. Uh, what? You too. Stop it. <laughs> hey, they're coming to Philly, June 18th. Cool. You guys are all coming with me. I'll be in Allentown. <laughs> <laughs> so will Billy Joel. I can't stand... It, 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 oh, my it, God. Don't even let him answer this. John likes Pitbull a lot. Yeah. hate him. Hate John him. is just hate like the fact that he has hate the fact that he has his own Sirius XM channel. I think he's a very kind-hearted soul. Uh, did a lot to help Puerto Rico, but I can't stand his music. John has no like. There are no hot takes for John when it comes to music. It's like exactly what you would think a forty-one-year-old male. Forty, forty-one. Uh, I, I know this. It's forty-one. Yeah. Forty-one-year-old male. Would think it's like oh I don't like Nickelback I don't like Pitbull Nickelback I like YouTube sucks. I like the feel Nickelback and, but I'm saying no these aren't talent. hot these aren't hot takes everybody feels that way like there are a lot of people who like Nickelback a lot of people like Pitbull uh, okay so above the line music here oh, God. Uh, I really I'm not into probably anything anybody else in this room is probably into. But, uh, Josh Groban, you're a big Josh <laughs> Groban guy. I, I enjoy I enjoy I enjoy the music of basketball practice before they, when they're warming up for basketball practice. Play some Future uh, as Dave Duke is is aware of. Yeah, Dave Duke, uh, John, this is Future. You bet. You thought I didn't know that. <laughs> I'm impressed. Dude. Um, yeah, that, that kind of stuff I'm into. But below the line, I I'd, I'd almost rather go into that. I really I really don't like you two, honestly. <laughs> And firmly I don't against see the attraction. I, I, I that. And number one, I don't. I don't see the attraction of Bruce Springsteen at all. I, I will murder everybody. In this room. <laughs> see, you might be your again. See, that's how people like, are. Like Bruce Springsteen fans are just. Uh, He's a polarizing man. I, I've seen him in concert. He was great, but I can never. I can never approach the religious uh, level of. I've it. seen him three times. Yeah, thrice. My mom is really into him, but I just. I can't. I can't. I can't even really listen. At least he's still putting out decent music. Joshua Tree was like 35 years ago. People still hang out with you. I'll give you a paper cut right here. I, I, I will say that I respect <laughs> him for just being as big as he is and as as well known as he is still and going out and performing for like three hours. That's cool, but I just I can't really vibe with his music. All right, real quick. After Dalton's done, I'll, I'll, we'll put three three artists out there above line, below the line. <laughs> We're um, below the line for me is basically 
I'm an old school guy, so a lot of a lot of music today, like hip hop, rap, I just can't. That's just something that doesn't interest me. Coming from farm town, I'm I'm a country music guy, so I like Kenny Chesney. Are you going? They just uh, announced. Yeah, he, he'll be at the link. I might I might sit in the nosebleeds. His new uh, live album is uh, is pretty good, but uh, I will anyway, s- I will stumble. I'm a above the line Kenny Chesney. I'm a big Elvis guy too. Hmm. I like it. I'm not much of a country guy. Elvis. Let's go. All right. I'll throw three artists out there, three groups, above the line or below the line. Uh, again, first, more from my generation, Pearl Jam. Above the line or below the line? Above the line. Yeah, yeah, I agree, above the line. The soundtrack they did for Into the Wild, great. Well, that was just Eddie Vedder. It was still great. Just breathe. I'm all about it. I, I'll say above the line. I, I, can, I, can, I like Pearl Jam a little bit. <laughs> Kanye West. Above the line. Genius. Yes, above the line. Below the line because I'm not a fan of rap. He's not even. He's just different. Rat, whatever it is. <laughs> Third one. I just. I know where Kyle's. You haven't gonna answered come. any of these. I, I know. No, this is me. Just. For oh, salty. you're putting out three. Yeah, but for you. Do you guys. have an opinion on these? I put. I put them both above the line. Um. I know this is going to be an easy one for Kyle. I just want. It's more to see what these guys say. We mentioned already. Taylor Swift. Oh, absolutely above the line. Taylor Gibbs. <sighs> I'll, I'll say above the line, just because I think she's cute more than anything else. <laughs> 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 Above the line fact, she grew 15 minutes from where I live. And Why missing? Yes, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I I like I like her stuff. Not her newer stuff, more like when she was. What if Dalton like says, "Listen, no one has ever. I've this, you guys are the first people I've told like I dated her when I was in junior high." <laughs> <laughs> like wow. Yeah, I wish I'd have a lot more money. So a, b- a buddy of mine's frat brother went to high school with her when she was down like Hendersonville, Tennessee. And he said, like, for some reason, they just spent the entire... She was, I guess, starting to get famous. Every time they see her in the hallway, a dozen people just throw Skittles at her. Like, that was just what it was. Like, she would just get pelted with Skittles. <laughs> and eventually, she withdrew from the school. <laughs> and he, that guy ended up... Uh, he went to West Virginia. He played football. Uh, yeah. Is there a mascot that got caught for DUI? Or? Well, the actual Mountaineer? <laughs> yeah. West Virginia's a different animal. <laughs> <laughs> Scoop's taking a lot of weird turns this week. But we got back on track, I guess. I've been jigsaw puzzles lately on my phone. I was just scrolling through the next to my counter app and there's a Glad, jigsaw puzzle. Glad to see you were fully engaged in the show this week. The last puzzle I did jigsaw was two kitties. They were oh no, they were two two corgis. Don't <laughs> don't ever ever tease me for being old and forty one and just a curmudgeon again. We are like I've really been into oh, I made, puzzles lately. I made the comment today to a coworker. I was like I was born like a six year old man. The hate keeps me alive. I'm just no no energy. There's no nutrition. It's just pure. Kyle needs a hug. Dalton hates rap. Matt has glass to get to. That should do it for this week. (laughs) Yeah, that's going to do it for us this week. We appreciate the questions. I want to thank Josh Brown for joining us, and we will talk to you next week.